on episode 26 of the Hitman Podcast. Yeah. Me and Chris break down week nine in the NFL. Joe Flacco looked good, but Cam came up in the clutch. Drew Brees shows out Tom Brady mm-hmm. in a Sunday night showdown. Josh Allen's monster performance. The Steelers continue to aid no. Tua looking good. Boom. Chargers out here losing in heartbreaking fashion as usual. And the Bears. Woo. We got a lot to get into. Man, we on a hiatus in club, duh. We also get off into the NBA offseason. The players finally set on a December 22nd start date, and we talk God, a little free agency and the draft. Where's LaMelo Ball going to go? What about James Wiseman? Mm. And how in the hell are the Knicks going to pull off Obi Toppin at number eight? Miracles. We also get into some NBA free agent talk, some more quick hits, and you know my bro going to hit y'all with the sneaker rundown. Uh-huh. I'm going to also try to redeem myself from last week's game show. Big shout-outs at the end of the night. This episode is dedicated to Alex Trebek. Rest in peace. We got our brand new president, episode 26 with the big dog. Yeah. Let's do it. President 46. Y'all already know what's going MVP. on. You know how I go down each and every week when you hear that MVP chant. You know what's the deal. Already. It's the MVPs of the game, the Godcast, the most valuable yeah. podcast in the world. Yes, sir. Tell the Hitman Podcast. Chicago Chris checking in. MoJ the Juice Man. Mm-hmm. What's the deal, bro? How you feeling? <laughs> hey. Ooh, what was that, bro? What Six that, in the dude? morning, and I'm getting money. Young Juice Man, real player, ain't a phony. Bro, you a lame dog. I got full <laughs> tank of gas this week for you, bro. What's going on? Oh, man. Nothing much, man. Chilling, bro. How you feeling, dog? Man, I can't complain. It's a breath of fresh air around this motherfucker. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm already knowing, dude. Got a lot to talk about. But get his ass get up out of here. You know, she right? Yeah, before we get to that, you know, I, I don't even know if you got the song, but somebody about to lose their job. <laughs> I ain't you know got that. I been in it all right. week. They can have it. Look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. But yeah, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. If you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, um, man. We got a new president elect. Shout out to Joe Biden. And the first. Black and female vice president Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Straight up. Straight up. So Straight shout up out. And down. 
shout out to everybody who made that happen, man. Uh, voter voter turnout wearing records, bro, all over the world. Uh, and it proved that, you know, once we come together for a common cause, that we can make change. Um, now, that's just, this is just the first step, but it's changing the right direction. Um, we got to get some of that rhetoric. We got to get some of those ideas, some of those, some of those values. Yeah. Uh, we got to get that up out of the white house, man. Um, you closet racist could go back to being closet racist. Cause for four years, y'all been showing y'all ass. Goofy. And, uh, now y'all got nowhere to go. So you go know, keep that back in the tuck, but we appreciate y'all for showing yourselves and who y'all really are. Um, and also shout out to, you know, black women. They they showed up. I they showed up and showed women. out. They would have different. Yeah, women. come on, man. Who don't? You know, shout out, women. shout out to our black women who went out there, who went out there, and made a difference in the polls. Shout out to Stacey Abrams in Georgia making a difference to get those, you know, get those votes in. Shout out to the people in Pennsylvania and Philly that went out and voted. Uh, these key states were the reasons why, you know, uh, Biden was able to uh, become the president. And as for you know, number 45, we'll holler. Who? Who? <laughs> yeah, we'll holler. Pack, pack your shit up, bro. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Dude is a clown, bro. Like, I mean, did you, how long, did you watch, did you stay up overnight watching the election coverage, bro? Nah, I already knew what was going on. His clown ass did all that shit talking about Joe Biden and his big mask. Shout out to Dave Chappelle with the SNL <laughs> monologue. Just that to put a little salt on the wound. And then he, he he messed around and called COVID on his way out the door. Goofy. Yeah, man. Um, you know, he COVID really bit him in the ass, literally. Uh I'm the scary thing about it is if there wasn't COVID, I think that there would have been a different type of uh turnout in this election, which is the scary part. But uh because of how he handled that COVID situation, I think that that was the final straw. And dude. Can't take defeat for nothing. He's been on the news. Now, I don't know if you saw the press conference. This boy was acting like a kid who did, who was mad that they didn't get their way. Acting. So when you winning, so when you winning, it's all good. But if you losing, then they gotta be cheating because there's no way you could be losing. Man, go sit your ass down, dog. <laughs> we appreciate y'all hanging in. We had to get our shit off real quick. We appreciate y'all tapping in. What is episode twenty six? And this bitch, we about to get it going man. in a second. Want to make sure that y'all know Roll where to find us at. Check us out. We everywhere that podcast live. The Hit Me and Podcast is on Apple Podcasts, huh. Google Podcasts, huh. Spotify, yeah. Overcast. Huh. Shout out to the sponsor, Anchor, iHeartMedia, huh. all of that. All of that. All that. Make sure y'all hit us up in the mailbag. Let us know what's going on. The Hit Me and Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram. We got a contest going for Thanksgiving. You already know what's going on. At Mo underscore Sal one at labeled and on, and of course at the Hit Me and Podcast. You ready to get off into it, bro? Yeah, but two hundred fifty dollars in your pocket. Cash, cash. That don't sound so bad for the holidays, especially with the you know what we've been going through in twenty twenty. Yes, hey, go ahead indeed. into that contest. Do something nice for somebody with that two fifty when you get it. Rules and regulations are on the Instagram. Make sure y'all check it out. Enter for your chance to win. It's going. We're gonna announce the winners on Thanksgiving Day. Make sure y'all tap in, man. We're giving away love. We're giving away some cash. Help y'all get half on that PS5. Yes, sir. Help y'all get some sneakers. Help y'all pay some yes, bills. Yes, sir. Ski. You feel me? I hate when people say that, but I just want to say <laughs> that. <on it. laughs> 
Let's go, bro. With that being said, let's get off into the show. Y'all know how we get out each and every week. Let's start it off with the Woo Wop, the Bams. Here it go. NFL Week 9. Let's regulate, bro. I like what you did there. <laughs> I, like, I like what you did there. What we got on What we got on tap? Let's start with last night, man. Looks like Cam Newton. Newton free. Back in the game. The New England Patriots head over to MetLife Stadium. They take down the New York Jets. Thought we was going to finally get that first win for the J-E-T-S, but not so much, man. Superman, Cam Newton, 27 for 35, 274 yards. Damian Harris, 14 carries, 71 yards. And Jacoby Myers for the Patriots, 12 catches, 169 yards. But that's not the tail of the tape, man. Not at all. Go ahead. Joe Flacco picking up the slack. Taking over for Sam Darnold. Man, he looked like Super Bowl Flacco a couple uh for a couple yeah. series, man. You you know what? In that first half, I was like, damn. They had complete control. <laughs> Dude been sitting on the bench all season. <laughs> like, I want to put him in. But, but in the second half, it reared his ugly head. Yeah. Uh shout out to Joe Flacco. I mean, it, 18 for 25, 262 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and the first half was going crazy. They put up a 17 spot in the second quarter. And, you know, they went up at half 20 to 10. Um, and it, it was looking like, whoa, you know, the Jets might get their first win. And my prediction might be wrong that they won't, that they would go 0-16. But in the second half, uh, Pretty much all game, Cam Newton kept his composure, man. Uh, He started off the game, I want to say 12 for 12. Uh, He was steady, didn't look rattled. He took a big, big hit. Super nasty. A big hit um, in the first half. And I thought that would knock him out, but you know, like a true champ, uh, he, you know, waved it off, kept playing. And in that final um, final drive in the fourth quarter, he looked, he looked impressive. He looked impressive. Didn't look rattled. Had one timeout left. Made a throw. Got down. Got the first down on third and one with a rush. Clocked, you know, spiked the ball with eight seconds left. And then made a great throw to put him in field goal range uh, with three seconds left. And Nick Folk hit a 51-yard field goal to uh, send him home. 51. Get your ass up out of here. Yeah. Um, I know some people, uh, Jets fans, some Jets fans are looking at it like, yeah, I'm glad we lost so we can, you know, keep our number one pick. And have a, a chance at Trevor Lawrence, uh, but I mean that's a game you gotta win. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. That's a game itself. you gotta win. That's a game you gotta win. I, I like that was a to me it was a bad way to win the game. I think the clock management was bad. I think Flacco just coming out on first down on one of those possessions in the fourth quarter and just airing it out um, and giving the Patriots the ball back with an interception, his only interception, um, that put them right back in the ball game, put them right where they needed to be. And so, uh, yeah, shout out to the Patriots. And more importantly, shout out to Cam Newton. He, you know, he he looked good. He looked good. Cam got the shout out from LeBron after the game. A little bit of encouragement, little Pat. Let him know, keep going, man. Keep your head up. Uh, the Patriots, they'll be in uh, primetime action once again. They got the Sunday night matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that's a big game for them. Um, if they can win Biggest. that game, they could turn. They win that game, they could turn the season around. And I have another prediction about Locked the New England Patriots, but we'll get to the next game and then I'll tell you what it is. Quick point of note: Congrats to Joe Flacco. Even in the loss, he passes Joe Montana for 20 of all time on the NFL's passing yards list. Hmm, impressive. Impressive. Man, let's talk about this Sunday night matchup. 
Real heated NFC South duel between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We thought we were going to see primetime Tom Brady, but what we got a chance to see, he made history, but not in the right way. Hey, man. This ain't the AFC East. This is not the AFC East. It's the South. Drew Brees and the Saints were here to prove that to him um, the other night. The New Orleans Saints trashed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38 to 3. Wow. 38 wow. to 3. And Chris, if you wow, were watching the game, bro. it should have been 38 to 0. <laughs> and, I'm, yeah. and, and, they, <laughs> and, and the reason why they kicked the, the, the field goal for three points, if you were watching, it looked like they just didn't want to get shut out. It was like a respect type of thing. They didn't want to go out, you know, with a zero spot on the board. So they kicked the field goal when they should have went for it anyway because they were losing. Um, so it was just like a sympathy three points. But it was pure domination by New Orleans, man. Uh, Drew Brees, impressive. He looked like he had some pep in the step because he was playing Tom Brady. 26 for 32, 222 yards, four touchdowns. Mm. Who, he Taysom. has the record over Brady now, right? They keep trading yeah, it back I mean, and they, forth. They keep huh? trading back and forth, but I think he's up now about five touchdowns. And so, um, you know, he showed up. He showed up. He, he played great. Taysom Hill was styling on him. Mm. I don't know if you watched. He was styling on him. I mean, he went two for two for forty-eight yards, but he did most of his damage on the ground. On the ground, um, yes, running that, you know, running that option with uh, seven carries for fifty-four yards, and he also, you know, caught a pass for twenty-one yards. Uh, that is just he's somebody that Sean Payton just likes to put in um, to spice things up and it normally works he gets you know big yardage plays so that's just a, a Swiss army knife that Sean Payton has in the arsenal to use at any time I heard of uh, a three back system uh, uh, yeah. three wing back system working I've never really seen a three quarterback system work and they got something clicking down there in New Orleans with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill and then obviously you got Jameis Winston if you ever wanted to throw some you know, an extra little bit of sauce on the situation. You never know where the ball is coming from when it comes to that situation. But Alvin Kamara is a nasty weapon for anybody to be game planning for in the NFL. Yep. And let's think about it. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, out of the backfield, catching passes or even rushing is a threat anywhere you look at it, right? But one big thing, can guard Michael's back. Michael Thomas. I mean, when Michael Thomas is back, when Michael Thomas is at, you know, Drew Brees' disposal and he can get the ball to him, I mean, that's when the Saints are at their best. And they had to weather the first, what, seven weeks without him? And so you look at it, Michael Thomas is finally back. Five catches, 51 yards on six targets. The New Orleans Saints are just trending up. They're trending to win this division. Um, I think that they're, you know, they're healthy. They're ready to go, and the second half of the season will be interesting. But let's get into it. Good congratulations to the Saints. They look like they're ready to, you know, make a, a playoff push. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Chris. Lackluster, Tom, lackluster debut for Antonio Brown back into the league. Yeah, welcome to Antonio Brown back. You know, three catches, 31 yards on five targets. Um, but I think there's something to be said here about the Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady. I can't remember watching Tom Brady in the last 15 years, 20 years, have a game this bad. Uh, 22 for 38, 209 yards. But it wasn't that. It was the three picks. He threw three bad interceptions. Uh, 
he didn't look like Ducks. he was comfortable all night. Yeah, he looked like he wasn't comfortable all night. And I'm starting to raise some questions about this team. I did say um, when they got Antonio Brown, watch out. But I had to take a like I had to think about some things here, right? Tom Brady has Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Ronald Jones, Rob Gonkowski, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Fournette, uh, and my guy Mike Evans. Mike Evans. He may have too much. I don't even know if that's like I don't know if that's accurate, but coming from his system where he never really had any prolific receivers other than Randy Moss. Um, I don't want to disrespect anybody else he played with, but Randy Moss is the first person that stands out. Um, he took a lot of guys who were, you know, uh, not thought of and made them who they were. In Tampa Bay, that's not the case. These guys are proven. Yeah, All these guys I named are established, and they need the rock. And for me, what stands out is Mike Evans does not get the ball. I, why is Mike Evans not getting the ball? Why is he not targeting too. Yeah, why is he not? Why is he not looking for him? It's like Tom Brady's not looking for him. Tom Brady yesterday looked like he was trying to force the ball to, to Antonio Brown and Gronkowski, his two people that he knows that you know trying to he's trying to make feel comfortable. But Mike Evans is a huge receiver, one of the best in the league. You throw it up to him, he's gonna go get it. But it looks like Brady's not looking for him. Um, Chris Godwin, uh, you know he he's looking for him, but he's not accurate to him. Uh, the running game was pretty much non-existent yesterday i think they rushed the ball only five times um that's not a recipe for success when you look at it uh for for the tampa bay buccaneers so uh I, i've been talking but i just want to get your take on it what do you think do you think that tom brady has too much yo i fell asleep on the game uh <laughs> i came back from the second half i was struggling because i was in jersey with my homeboy shout out elo and shan uh good brothers but i was out there watching the game and it, it didn't look like it made for really good conditions anyway it was raining pretty tough out there in tampa um i know they got monday night football coming up a week from tomorrow a week from month next monday uh next monday right. bears will be on but man i think it's more so bruce arians than it is tom brady tom brady's a, a well-oiled mm. machine mentally um, okay. He doesn't have a problem cussing out his offensive line and kind of whipping them into shape. I think it may be just right for Tom Brady, but it may be too much for Bruce Arians. I don't think Bruce Arians has had this many weapons that he needs to scheme for um, in the past, even when he was with Indianapolis and Peyton Manning when you know way back when with the Colts. This is an all-star cast for, for an offense. Uh, you pretty much have everything you need, everything you could ever want in an offense. A blocking and receiving like versatile tight end, uh, who's proven as a Super Bowl champion. You got a bruiser and a change of pace back. You got possibly three of the top 50 receivers in the entire NFL right now. 20. <laughs> top 20. Yo. And then a six-time winning Super Bowl champion, the greatest quarterback of all time. What Like, <laughs> just on the offensive alone, you should have been, you know, getting the rings edged up for next season. But... It may be yeah. a little bit too much for Bruce Arians. And and then, like you said, comfortability breeds habit. So a lot of times you saw Brady going in for Gronkowski or going in for A.B. because he's worked with them the most. Uh, he knows them very well. So uh, I, I look for them to write the ship because they were the paper champions coming into this season. 
And right now, they've kind of fallen back to the pack as far as the NFC picture, playoff-wise, is concerned. Yeah. Um, you make some good points. And I look at it with Tampa Bay, just my last point, is that they are not consistent. And they have to establish a level of consistency for them to make a run in the playoffs. Yes. The, N- the NFC South, you know, they got to worry about a few teams in there, uh, mainly just New Orleans. But they have to finish strong. This is a team that's had some pieces together, but for the most part, this is the first year to collectively together. Uh, Bruce Arians, he seems to be calling Tom Brady out in the media a little too much for my liking. Um, when you have a superstar, when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, 20 years, six championships, you you don't want to keep calling him out. You, I don't know if this is like reverse psychology, but you might need to chill on that because um, I've been seeing him out. doing it. He might have to chill out and then take a look and see how to make him put him in better positions but this is my thing here we go if and it's my prediction (laughs) if the new england Patriots win next week against the baltimore ravens right i believe that when it's all said and done because they keep talking about who is getting the best of who is belichick doing better without brady or is brady doing better without belichick if new england wins next week I think that Tampa Bay and New England would end, will end up with the same records at the end of the year. That's just my prediction. Patriots at three and five right now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers six and three. So you think that the Patriots yeah. pick up on a win streak and then the Buccaneers go in the opposite direction? Yeah, don't get too much easier. I mean, you got to think about it. half of that. Ooh, half of that is that the Patriots are in the, in the AFC East. So they'll pick up wins, you know, but you got Tampa Bay, NFC South also playing, got a little bit of a tough schedule coming up. So we'll see what happens. But I predict that they end up with the same record. Man, let's talk about Josh Allen, who seems to be continuing his MVP campaign. He had a monster game yesterday. Unbelievable going galactic as the Buffalo Bills take down the heavily favored Seattle Seahawks 44 to 34. Josh Allen, mm-hmm. 31 for 38, 415 yards and three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs led the way receiving for Buffalo with nine catches and 118 yards. Real bad game for Russell Wilson, man. Wasn't expecting this type of showing in this matchup. I thought this was this was possibly a Super Bowl preview. Really? You had to, you thought it was a Super Bowl preview? I'm not mad at you. Possibly. I mean, Buffalo stands at seven and two. We'll get off. I'll get off into how the playoff picture is, is starting to shape up to, to show you where, where my head is at as far as the theory. But yeah, man, I right. was I was expecting a lot more from the Seahawks. Just a stumble out of the gate game. But you don't want to give a team like the Bills confidence, especially when they're a young team. They start to smell blood. That AFC mm-hmm. East is wide open with with Tom Brady exiting and going to Tampa. So it's now, it's now time for a new king. And right now it's looking like Josh Allen is going to take the reins moving forward. Yeah. Um, goodness, he had a hell of a first half, man. Uh, they put up 24 points. They were up 24-10 at the end of the first half. And Josh Allen already didn't ha- had himself a field day. Nasty. Um, by the time that the first half, you know, was over with. And he just continued it in the second half. He ended up the game with 31 for 38, 415, three touchdowns. You know, you can't be mad at that. Uh, I believe that Buffalo showed you who they were last year. And they're just, you know, building on that this year. 
They got a strong defense. The defense is going to, you know, they're going to hold up. And then as Josh Allen continues to get better, you start to see the maturation process with him. And he's, you know, uh, merging with that offense. You got running backs like Zach Moss, Devlin Singletary, um, that provide a one-two punch. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Yeah, go ahead. In the world of the the new influx of the young running backs, you're talking about uh, Joseph in Las Vegas, Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, David Montgomery in Chicago. Mm -hmm. The argument can be made that I would trade all of them away in favor of Zach Moss because he seems to be like the best mm. new young running back. And then, and then you even put in uh, Swift out in Detroit, put him in the mix. These were all touted running backs to come in and kind of carry the torch moving forward. But it was like Zach Moss is going to be the one to stand out in that group. Even even uh, yeah, he's having a breakout even, season. even even Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, he's having a breakout season. And as I mean, you know, running backs are at a premium in this league. There, there, there are a lot of good running backs right now in this league. Um, I think that most of that is based off your system as well. I think that Buffalo has a nice system to where um, Josh Allen can get out and pass the ball, but then they also, you know, they do enough blocking to make sure that Zach Moss and Devin Singletary can eat as well. And Zach Moss is looking good. He's been looking good the last few weeks in this offense. But when you have you know, a wide receiving core like Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, um, it makes things a little bit, it makes things easier. You just can't stack the box and stack against the run. Hell so, no. uh, yeah, Stephon Diggs, nine catches, 118 yards. That was just nasty. John Brown, eight catches, 99 yards. Uh, just a just a great showing by Buffalo, and they're going to win that AFC East and be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Uh, Seattle. Russell Wilson, 28 for 41, 390 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Uh, He's doing what – I don't want to blame this on Russell Wilson. I think that when the Seahawks lose, we tend to blame it on Russell Wilson. Um, I think this one was on the defense. Um, The defense could not stop Buffalo, and so it put put Seattle in a hole early on, and then Russell was trying to make plays. And when he's making plays when they're down – um, you can see interceptions happening. Yeah, or you can see, you know, plays, plays that shouldn't happen happen. Yeah, right? And that's what was, I think that was what was happening. Um, DK Metcalf, solid again, seven receptions, 108 yards, and one touchdown. Um, between him and Tyler Lockett, he, I mean, he seems like he's over t- um, overtooking Ty- Tyler Lockett for that number one receiver. Uh, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not worried about Seattle. Six and two. Not worried about them. Uh, Russell Wilson has slipped in the MVP voting um, a little bit because there's a couple people that should be there ahead of him. But Seattle's fine. They'll be all right. They go up against the L.A. Rams next week in another NFC West matchup. Let's talk about the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers real quick, man. Yeah, man. The last yeah, unbeaten in the league, Big Ben Roethlisberger, 29-42, 306 yards, and three touchdowns in their 24-19 defeat of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Trash. Man. <laughs> it was a closer game. I mean, the Cowboys had, um, had a chance to win this game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was knocked out of the game early in the first half. Uh, he was okay. Ended up coming back in the second half. And, now he's on the uh, COVID list, though. Yeah, I know. Um, that'll shake some things up for Pittsburgh. But, I mean, when you a no, that gives you a nice cushion even uh, with him having COVID, so hopefully he's all right. But to me, they continue rolling. Uh, you got to put Big Ben in that in that MVP conversation, whether you want to put him one or two. And then, more importantly, I just want to talk about Mike Tomlin. 
he's the model of excellence when yeah. it comes to coaching in the NFL. With that eight no start, he's now guaranteed himself 14 straight winning winning seasons in the NFL. I mean, that's unprecedented, dog. I mean, congratulations to him. Uh, like I said, model of excellence for NFL coaching. Uh, got a chance when he was young, and he's never relinquished it. So uh, I'm impressed by that, and I just want to send my shout-out to Mike Tomlin for that hmm. feat. You got to the shout-outs early, huh? Big shout-out to yeah, Coach Tomlin with that one. Yeah, I don't got nothing to talk about when it comes to the Cowboys. I mean, they are who they are. They're trash, so. Yeah, man. <laughs> Enough said. Right. The Miami Dolphins, Tua, big dog Tua, got his second win of the season. This was a highly anticipated matchup between the young gods of the game, Tua Tungavailoa and Kyler Murray. There you go. The Dolphins take out the Cardinals 34 to 31. They scored 10 unanswered points to put things away in the fourth quarter. Kyler Murray, valiant effort for the Cardinals, 21 to 26. 283 yards and three touchdowns. Yes, sir. Tua undefeated, though, as a starter for the Miami Dolphins. It's been a while since the Dolphins were worth talking about. It's like the days of Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown. Way back, way, way, way back when. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing their thing. Tua, I mean, this was the game of the week. Straight up. It was the game of the week. Uh, Great game. Two quarterbacks who will in my opinion, are almost like mirror images of each other. Uh, and Tua showed up. Like you said, 20 for 28, two touchdowns, man. Uh, Brian Flores, you got to give him credit. A lot of people were knocking him for making Tua the starter when Fitz was playing good. He was he was doing his Fitz magic thing. But sometimes you got to know when to pull the trigger on that. That's only so long that that was going to last anyway. Um, so Tua comes in, he looks good. Uh, the hip is fine because he was making a few moves um, while he was rushing and he made a few people miss with some jukes. And I'm like, yeah, he's healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, so shout out to him. Cardinals didn't play bad at all. It was a heartbreaker. They missed the, they missed a field goal, uh, missed a short field. Uh, the field goal was short to not to tie the game and they lost. You could tell Kyler Murray was upset. He wanted this game and why not? He went 21 for 26, 283 yards with three touchdowns, 11 carries for a 106 yards with another touchdown. He's leading I mean, his team in rushing. <laughs> Dude is nasty, oh bro. I told you before. I said it a few weeks ago. He is the fastest dude in the NFL to me, quarterback-wise. Like, once he takes off, it's hard to get him down. Um, I know he was mad because that was Tua, like him and Tua, you know, another young quarterback. He wanted that game. And I've seen it in that press game, um, that press conference after the game. He wanted that game bad. And that's what you want out of your, you know, franchise quarterback. You want him to be mad when they don't win. And they got a winner in Kyler Murray. Man, outside of the, outside of the Steelers, who you think is the, the, the next two best teams in the NFL? I would venture to say Arizona's either number two or number three in the league. Nah. No, you gotta you gotta take a second. We talk Pause. look at the NFC. No, look no, at the I NFC. Look at the you said NFC. Other than who? You said other than who? Other than other than other than the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chiefs. Who are that? Who are, oh, okay. That's what I was gonna say. Take a take a second. Let's breathe. The Pittsburgh Steelers are eight and zero, but let's make no like there's no question about it. The Chiefs are the best team in, in football. They are. They've been seventeen and one over the last eighteen weeks. 
So they're the best team in football until otherwise, right? But you got then you got Pittsburgh. Then after that, honestly, it's Tennessee. It's the Tennessee Titans, bro. Mm, I, see, I think Arizona's better than Tennessee on, on, on like matchup for matchup. I think Arizona right now, with the mm-hmm. exception of a New Orleans, who I think is kind of clicking. They're the they're the they're the best all around team, versatile team outside of the Steelers. Yeah. I think the second I think I, the second best team in the NFC right now is the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you trust? Do you trust the Cardinals or the Packers? Uh, I would have to trust the Packers. See, we I gonna get into that. Car- I would trust the Cardinals. Too. I think the we Cardinals are much more diverse. I think that we know what the Packers are going to give you. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Arizona Cardinals are scarier right now. I think the only thing that holds them back is Cliff Kingsbury as their coach, being a young, impetuous coach, not necessarily making the best football play. You think so? I like I like Kingsbury. I think that he's put Kyler Murray in positions where he looks like a superstar. Um, he's able to he's able to manage you know that offense and work him through it and. I, I just think that I think that you know Arizona to me at five and three right now I'm in my opinion overachieving um, just slight just slightly just slightly um, I didn't put them in a running to be a top you know NFC team this year but they're proving me otherwise uh, but when I look at that AFC. I would have to go you you have to you have to you have to respect green bay but new orleans is the best team in the nfc right now you have to i mean you have to say new orleans is the best team in the nfc after what they did this after, week, after, after what they did to tampa bay because we were looking at tampa bay as the best team in the nfc and they just they scummed them 38-3 so i'm putting new orleans as number one in the NFC and then number two I have Green Bay and then trailing them even though I was talking about Tampa Bay not being consistent I have Tampa Bay number three or even Seattle so Arizona to me falls to about number five and number six in the uh, NFC as of right now when we were talking best teams but I respect them I respect what they got going on there the culture that they have going there um, and it's only a matter of time before they're looked up as one of the best teams in the NFC Chiefs at 8-1 take out the Carolina Panthers 33-31 Pat Mahomes 30 for 45, 372 yards and four touchdowns. The Baltimore Ravens take out the Indianapolis Colts, 24 to 10. The Minnesota Vikings over the Detroit Lions, 34 to 20. The New York Giants, 2 and 0. They're on a two game win streak right now, taking Mm -hmm. out the Washington football team over the weekend. Houston Texans over the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27 to 25. The Las Vegas Raiders and take out the L.A. Chargers, 31 to 26. Justin Herbert, who's obviously going to be this year's Rookie of the Year, uh, valiant Bruh. effort once again, 28 Bruh. to 42, 326 yards and two touchdowns. Why does it look you. like he's been here before, man? Because it because he just got poised and he and he's a great quarterback. They lost that game in heartbreaking fashion. It looked like uh, that, that last pass was a touchdown, and he laid it in a perfect spot in the corner of the end zone. It just didn't, you know, uh, the receiver just didn't catch it. But you gotta give him credit. Um, the way that he became the starter was, I mean, it was unfortunate for Tyrod Taylor, who got a punctured lung from the medical staff. Uh, you remember how that whole thing went down. And then Justin Herbert, out of the blue, was like, oh, yo, you about to start. Come on, put your helmet on. And ever since then, he's just looked like, you know, an NFL quarterback who's been doing this for a little bit. 
uh, and he's only going to get better. Right now, it's between him and Burrow as you know the the rookie of the year on the offensive side. Yeah. But but I'm just I'm just very impressed by how he stepped in and how he's looked comfortable and how he's controlled you know that offense since he's gotten you know since he's got his chance. Uh, the Chargers should be very happy about where they're at and they'll start to, you know, they'll start to trend upwards with a very heartbreaking loss for them. The Atlanta Falcons take down the Denver Broncos 34-27. to The Green Bay Packers all over the San Francisco 49ers in the Thursday night matchup, 34-17. to Aaron Rodgers 25 for 31, 305 yards and four touchdowns. Can I stop you? Yeah, you gonna have because I got a question to ask you. I already know where you going. (laughs) (laughs) My brother, who's the meanest? (laughs) Who's the baddest? (laughs) A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, probably beginning the NFL season, you were kind of telling me that there was a a certain guy who was the best receiver in the NFC. He was. His name was Allen Robinson, who plays for Chicago Bears. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I appreciate. I mean, you know, I think that Allen Robinson is a pretty good <laughs> wide receiver. But dog, have you seen what Devontae Adams has been doing since he's been back? And he's wow. only been back like five weeks or wow. four weeks. Let's wow, just tell you what he did yesterday: bro. ten receptions, 173 yards with a touchdown. And it seems like he's been doing this the last month. I think in the last four weeks he's got what? 12 touchdowns or something, something crazy so like that. So a ridiculous, scary. a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. It's not even. It's my. I'm sorry. It's maybe not 12. I gotta look that up. But he's the not only the best receiver in the NFC North, Chris. You have to argue that this year he's the best receiver in the NFL. Huh. I can't. Just I can't, plain and simple. I, I can't even. I can't. Man, man. He's making people look silly. He's making people look silly. He got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He's catching everything. He just looks unguardable out there. And I, I kind of said at the beginning, but, you know, he's proven it now. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. So uh, I'm going to ask you, who is the best receiver in the NFC North? Show enough. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Tell you Adam got it on, got it on beat down. Got it on lockdown for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. He's doing his thing, man. Shout out to Demonte Adams. And to finish things out, I don't know what's going on. I guess they're fumigating for bugs or asbestos or something, but Club Dub has been put on uh, ice for a little while. Chicago Bears mm, take another mm, mm, loss, four straight losses. Mm, 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 mm. This time they lose 24 to 17 to the Tennessee Titans. Trouble. Nick Foles, 36 of 52 passes. <laughs> For 335 yards and two touchdowns. But on the other side of things, Derrick Henry led the way. 21 carries for 68 yards. A.J. Brown, four receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Man, Devin Montgomery, I mean, David Montgomery put the ball on the ground. Desmond King, who's been a certified killer ever since he came into the league from Iowa, took it all the way back. Shout out to Casey, uh, brother Casey. He said his uh his brother played with Desmond King out in Iowa. But man, okay. complete, complete ass whooping with a statuesque quarterback. Dog. I know what you're about to say. I know what you're gonna say. Dog. I know what you're gonna Dog. say. Here no, it's just so much. Like I watched this whole game and I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm yeah, the control almost broke. We don't like, deserve that five and four record, I tell you that much. 
I'm like, man, what the hell is going on? Like, that was the 60 minutes of bullshit. Uh, I watched that. That was terrible. I mean, you got Nick Foles. I understand we were back. We were behind. But you got Nick Foles throwing 52 times. That's not like if he's throwing 52 times, you could just pencil. You could just pencil a loss right there in the column, right? Because that's not a recipe for success. Um, He didn't throw in these interceptions, but at the same time, we can't put the ball on the floor. If you David Montgomery, you can't you can't lose a fumble. If you Anthony Miller, you can't you know, what I'm saying you can't fumble. You can't fumble and lose a fumble. I mean, we just look like and I understand that there were some things going on um, during the week with all offensive linemen and uh COVID and those things were you know running through the organization but the effort that was put out by that offense was terrible I mean unbelievably terrible and it screams my question again Chris if we cannot block for Nick Foles and he's expected to stay in the pocket and he cannot move and run and get first downs or make plays on his feet I'm not saying that he's not the right guy for the job right now this year. But if your offensive line, if the offensive line looks like this, then you might as well just put Mitch Trubisky back there. Run around, let him make plays on his feet, and at least we can go out like that. But not going out with Nick Foles sitting in the pocket, getting sacked, running for his life, looking up. Oh, man, I could not watch that game. I watched the whole thing, though, because I am a fan. And I watched it because I just, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, come to realizations of what your team is. And the Chicago Bears started off good, even though some of those wins were lucky at the end. But, you know, your record says your record dictates who you are right now. They're five and four. And that is a little bit over 500. But it's starting to tell to that end of we're not really that good of a team, but it's specifically on the offensive end. Something has to change. I don't know what. But something has to change. They need some type of life injected into that offense. Um, and you might have to think about playing around with Mitchell Trubisky and getting something in that passing game that has him on the run and giving us some type of dynamic offense. Because we this look, is this we look is about the offensive line. I'm telling you right now. And moreover, this is about front office. Ryan Pace has got to get his ass up out of that seat and move around. He's never done anything worthwhile when it comes to talent outside of getting Khalil Mack, which is a no-brainer. Any team in the league would have traded what they needed to in order to acquire Khalil Mack. But outside of that, bro, there's never been anything dynamic in terms of him bringing players in, making any type of blockbuster deals. We already went through the Kevin White debacle. We went through years of purgatory with trash pick after trash pick after trash pick. You bring in these cast-off offensive linemen from these other teams that couldn't hack it, so that's why they were made available. Instead of going out and trying to put a package together to sign a Richie Incognito, to sign a Javid, uh, Jason Bakhtiari, to sign some of these guys who are really making moves and making headway in the NFL. But we can't seem to get anybody to come to Chicago. The third is largest media, third largest media market in the country. A great place to live, a great place to play, rich history. But for some reason, he keeps putting together these clowns, these bums, and expecting to outdo the Packers in the NFC North. And it's just not going to happen, especially with the team the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. And you know why they won't go get an offensive line? Because they will not go get a quarterback worth getting an offensive line for. That's just the facts, bro. 
we've never had a quarterback worth protecting. Sid Luckman. <laughs> that was Tim, the last time we, we had never a worthwhile quarterback. We never, I mean, a, a quarterback worth protecting. I mean, you're not going to go spend a lot of money on your offensive line when you have Nick Foles back there throwing passes. You might just try to just, like, ride it out. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's first. I understand the offensive line struggles, but let's first go get a quarterback that's worth, like, protecting. And then we can work from there. But that's it's it's shambles. The the running game, 29th in the running game. We basically have no running game. Um, probably slid after this last game, the 30th. But something has to happen. Something has to shake up within that offense. We lost Tariq Cohen, so there there's no you know there's no explosive. Lost David Montgomery too. He's on the he's on a concussion yeah. protocol, so he may not even be available for this Monday night matchup against the Vikings, which is a big NFC North game. Yep, and we had somebody like Ten Get Junior, Ten Ted Gin Junior that we released. And wow. I thought that I thought that Ten Gin Junior would be you know dynamic in that passing offense, but if you can't get the ball, then you know what good does that matter? So um, yeah, man, I have nothing. I really have nothing for for the Bears as far as, as step. I mean, the only thing I could say. Let's hope it gets better before it gets worse. Get Ryan Pace the fuck up out of here. I see. I see where this is going. I do see where this is going. And um, I mean, Monday night got a chance to make it up against the Vikings, but that's going to be a true sign of where this season is going to go. If we can play with some type of pride, act like we can block somebody for at least half the game. Let's see where that gets us. But if we come out, lay another dud, get blown out on national TV again, then we kind of know where this is going to go. That's the scores for last week. We'll keep y'all in tune with the picks for this week on the Instagram. Check us out there. Let's hit some of these quick NFL notes real quick. Congrats to Pete Carroll. Signed a five-year extension with the Seattle Seahawks. This contract will make him one of, if not the highest-paid NFL coach. Christian McCaffrey may miss more time. The Panthers running back status for week 10 is very much in doubt after he injured his shoulder on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's just getting back, and there's terrible news for the Panthers who are trying to stay alive in the NFC South. For them to lose out on the fantasy fantasy god, Christian McCaffrey, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of spells doom and gloom for their playoff hopes. Yeah, he's going to take his time with that because they don't really have a chance. (laughs) The Bears... The Bears, they placed uh, safety Dion Bush on the COVID-19 list. Uh, he was ruled out of Sunday's game against the Titans and could be ruled out of this game coming up against the Vikings if he doesn't clear sanctions. They also placed offensive line Lecavius Simmons on the COVID-19 reserve list. And Jason Spriggs, offensive tackle, was one of the two players who tested positive for the Bears last week. Uh, last bit of important news. It's not necessarily pro football, but it's football nonetheless. Notre Dame close to home. Shout out to Brian Kelly. They took down Trevor Lawrence and the number one Clemson Tigers over the weekend. Uh, Notre Dame takes down Clemson okay. 47 to 40. Kieran Williams with the go-ahead touchdown in double overtime. For the Clemson Tigers, their 36 regular season game winning streak is snapped. And for whatever reason, the Notre Dame student body decided that it was a great idea 
the day that we get a new president to storm the field and essentially pass whoever had COVID to pass it all up and down the field. So yo, we was um, watching that. <laughs> so I'm watching the game, Chris, because I'm like, yo. Honestly, I didn't tune into the whole game. Tune into the fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, and what you looking at? I mean, it was a great game, right? It was a great game. Notre Dame played great. Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't know how it would have went if he played. But we're watching the game because we're like, yo, we're waiting for Chappelle to come on Saturday Night Live. True. So let's get this over with, right? Whoever wins, let's get it over with. Watching the game, watching the game. Notre Dame wins and then you see it you just see the students you know they they look like they're about to start doing it they look like ants to uh to like, a mound of food i'm like i'm and i'm in my head like don't do it don't do it oh they didn't did God it. and damn. they mind you trevor lawrence was mind you trevor lawrence was on the field even though he didn't play he was on the field with a mask on right cheering on his team but he just had COVID. Right, and I'm pretty sure he, I don't know if he tested negative for COVID. I'm pretty sure he did. That's why he's with the team. But that's just that was a super spreader type of event going on there. But honestly, I don't think it was nothing that Notre Dame officials were gonna be able to do to stop that. You just beat the number one team who hadn't lost since 2017. I mean, you're gonna celebrate if you were 19, 18, 19, 20 years old. You're celebrating that. So um, I know it was it was not the best thing to see. We made a lot of jokes about it. Uh, but shout out to Notre Dame. I mean, that's a big feat. That's a big feat. And they took down number one. And, and they did get embarrassed by Clemson. Um, I want to say it was either last year or two years ago. And so they made up for that. So shout out to Notre Dame. Notre Dame shoots up to the number two team in the country. Uh, staying with college football, breaking news, the LSU-Alabama football game, as well as the Texas A&M-Tennessee SEC matchup. Uh, they both were postponed for Saturday uh, due to positive COVID-19 tests. They're currently contact tra tracing right now to find out where it came from. This is uh, this is really big news. Obviously, for those that, unless you've been living in your trunk or under a rock for the past couple of weeks, Nick Saban, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, tested positive for COVID-19 a few weeks ago. And uh, there was controversy in regards to him being able to coach in the same week that he tested positive. Uh, just sending a bad message. It says that money is uh, is valued over everything else. Not safety, not, uh, you know, humanity or the welfare of your fellow man. It's about bread. Nick Saban draws ratings. Alabama draws ratings. And so it doesn't matter damn near if the whole team and the crowd were infected with COVID-19 they're going to be on TV in the primetime slot. So uh, this is another this is another middle finger from the NCAA to the general public saying that they can kind of move by the beat of their own drum and set their own rules. So Yeah, they the, the, the health, let's get it, let's not get it twisted. The health is number one, right, of players and coaches. But honest, let's keep it even realer. They're not missing out on money and you know, players being out of an LSU Alabama matchup that's on TV. They want them to be at full capacity, full strength, both teams. That's just that's just what it is. Let's just call it what it is, man. Um, everybody, you know, gets up for this game. Everybody wants to watch it, and so if they're not at you know full strength, they don't want to see it. 
Jumping back up to the NFL, Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, was also uh, put on the reserve COVID-19 list. He'll be eligible to return to team activities in five days if he tests negative. So uh, it goes without saying, man, the coronavirus is really serious. We're getting ready to gear up for a second wave, with it being flu season, it's getting cold outside. Um, people stay safe. Wear the motherfucking mask. It's not that big a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know y'all thirsty right. to go out here and party and kick it and be seen. You can't sit still. I get it. But listen, man, it's important. It's important. <laughs> we started off this decade trash as hell. Let's try to end this year on a good note. Wear the mask. Stand six feet apart. I'm, for those that know me personally, I travel for work. I've, I've been in and out of airports, but I test for COVID three times a week. Uh, and I'm still apprehensive about you know, making the wrong move or staying out in an in, in epicenter too long, whether it's a grocery store or shopping center or whatever. I make sure that I, I, I keep my mask on at all times because it's absolutely necessary for me to take it off. I know you're breathing in your own CO2 and it's uncomfortable and it might not be cute, but listen, man. Man, I'd just rather, do it, dog. Just do that shit. Just do it. Shut <laughs> up. Man, Shut up! I ain't know all I, I know. I know this. I know, man. It's the same for everybody. If you want to stay healthy, you don't want to spread germs. You want to keep everybody alive and you know living, living good and getting back to you know regular life where we can you know be mask free and and have fun with our friends and go to functions, weddings, you know everything that we used to do without masks, games, you know all of that stuff. Then just do what we gotta do, bro. Just do what you gotta do. And it'll happen. It'll happen. Just put the mask on. Stop being a sucker. Let's talk about some <laughs> NBA real quick, though, Blue man. Let's get off into it. The yeah, CBA was agreed sir. on. We got a Christmas weekend matchup Ooh, for opening for the NBA tip-off. December 22nd is the start date. We're getting back to it. Back at it. Yes, sir. I'm happy about this, man. I know. Uh, I bet. Uh I mean, you know, sorry, Brian. Just gonna have to lay some up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah, dog. Man. Like, um, I saw that seventy. It's gonna be seventy-one days between the last game of the finals and the start of this new season, which would be the shortest of any sport, American sport in history. Um, layoff time. So, uh, yeah, we do have to give the players credit for making that tough decision. But I don't, at the end of the day, I don't think that it was that tough of a decision when you got millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake. Uh, even the players who make a lot of money was going to take a big hit by playing in January opposed to December. And so they did what was right for the business. They did what was right for them to, you know, provide for their families. And it just was going to cost them a little bit, not as much as, not as much free time as they would like. But, you know, life isn't fair. Um, like I said, it's not like they're playing for free, they're playing for money. Um, these businesses, these uh, these organizations, they make a ton of money, they have deals with people, you know, these things, this is just how these things work. And so they start on the 22nd. Uh, the draft is still November 18th. The timeline would be free agency starts December, I mean, November 20th at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. But signings can officially happen November, I mean, November 22nd at 12.01 a.m. So 
And then training camp starts December 1st. Chris, that's, that's all that shit is short as hell. Like, if you're a rookie, and this is my main point with this, the NBA players who have been here and they know how the routine goes, I think they'll be fine, right? But then you look at these rookies, there's no summer league. No summer league. There's no summer league. So these rookies will come in and and literally be wet behind the ears and got to catch up, you know, during the season. So that brings another trickle-down effect to the NBA draft and what these teams do. Do these teams who have a chance to make the playoffs or make a championship run, do you go get a rookie knowing that he won't have enough time to really get acclimated to this NBA life and it's just full throttle as soon as it starts? Or do you trade that pick and go get proven veterans that can help you out in the now? It's going to be really interesting to see where that goes. Man, listen, I'm all for the accelerated program. It's all it, it, These are the best athletes in the world, millionaires. Y'all get paid to get up and, and, and put on the best show on the planet. So I'm looking forward to it. We got a slate of games on Christmas. Christmas Day games are always busting anyway. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to getting back to it as soon as think, possible. I feel like it's unfinished be, business for a lot of them that were in the bubble, namely Devin Booker, Ja Morant. I'm looking for the young studs mm-hmm. in the game to kind of get off and, and make it known early for that campaign that this is what's popping. Donovan Mitchell and uh, what's his face, Victor Oladipo. We'll see what they talking about too. Y'all know how I feel about them. Man, you are crazy. Don't <laughs> stop. But let me let me ask you a question. Um, surrounding like this quick start. Yeah. Do you believe that injuries will play a major factor at the beginning? I don't think teams? so. I don't think so. I think maybe for the teams that okay. that that went into a later campaign, so like the Final Four team, you're talking Boston, Miami, Lakers. Uh, Denver Nuggets, Clippers, yeah. any any of those that were in the Final Four in the semis, yeah. But everybody else, they were off since uh, March, bro, sitting around. Yeah, we had to we right. had to suffer through that trash ass uh, horse <laughs> national televised horse competition. We saw some bubble <laughs> magic. Yo, that was trash. Yeah. Yo, they, NBA, yo, NBA, don't y'all ever <laughs> put together a horse composi- <laughs> horse competition on the Zoom, by the way. <laughs> they, they, were shooting, they were shooting trick shots Shit. on the Zoom, bro. Don't ever do that again. Nasty. That was trash. That was trash. I know y'all was trying to, like, put, give us something to watch, and I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of that, but that was weak. <laughs> Bro, that was weak sauce. Don't ever do that again. I'm doing, yeah, bro. I gotta speak on that. <laughs> but yeah, man, nah, I, I, don't think, I don't think injuries are gonna be. I don't think injuries are gonna be something that they worry about, especially out of the gate. Uh, okay. You know, some of those players are gonna choose to take their take their games off or take their sabbaticals at the beginning of the season. Um, but I, I I think we're gonna get. I think we'll get real good action straight out of the gate. A lot of new rivalries were born in the second uh, the second part of the season. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Milwaukee's going to do if Giannis is going to try to push through uh, to the other side in terms of, you know, finally getting that championship uh, or, or if the MVP shine has kind of gone to his head a little bit. I want to see the Warriors back in action, man, healthy. And then, of course, we all are looking forward to seeing 
KD step back on the court and see how the Brooklyn Nets are gonna look. I was just up I was just about to ask you. I'm I'm personally <laughs> cannot wait for KD to get back on the floor. Yes, sir. Bro, that's a lot of buckets. That's a lot of buckets. Dog, KD can do everything. I'm just I just can't wait to see him just as a player. I don't care what the Nets do. Just can't wait to see KD back on the floor doing what he do, um, being an easy money sniper. Uh, but for you, like, if there's one player that you couldn't wait to see next year, who is it? Steph Curry. Ooh, the my skin brothers about to, <laughs> they about to oh, fuck some shit up, man. Damn, man. Look, I'm telling you, you could book, you could book them in the Western Conference Finals. I don't even like. I understand people. I understand people this early, and you gotta like see what the roster is around them. But come on, bro. If Steph and Clay are healthy, I mean. <laughs> Good luck, bro. I don't even like you gotta put them in the Western Conference Finals. At least. They get Looney back, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they need more than that. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. If they if they rolling with Kevin Looney and and that and let me tell you this. If they roll with that same squad, then they not in the Western Conference Finals. Western Conference semis. They might be able to get that done. But Watch out they what gotta, they do with they the number gotta, two pick, though. Yeah, that I mean we about to get into that. We about to get into that. Cause I, I don't know where they go with. I don't know where they go with that. I really don't. And, you know, we could talk. Matter of fact, let's talk about it right. Let's talk about right it now. right let's now. Let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right now. So, of course, Minnesota has the number one pick, right? And then you got the Warriors sitting at number two. You got Charlotte sitting at number three, and then you got the Bulls sitting at number four. I mean, yeah. we won't go farther than that, really. But. I've talked about some interesting things that the Bulls should do. Um, if they're confident in the pick that they want, I think that they should trade up to number one um, because there's so much uncertainty going on in this draft with the players and necessarily what these teams' needs are. So let's just start with Minnesota, and then we'll, we'll come back to Golden State. Minnesota sits at number one. You got Carl Anthony Towns there, you know, your established star center, perennial all-star, <laughs> right? He is. We just, we gonna we gonna <laughs> go with the facts. We gonna go with the facts. No matter what y'all think about him, you know, um, he is a perennial all star, and he is a super. I mean, they're superstar. <laughs> right? So, so seeing that they have that, um, you do you you added D'Angelo Russell. You got some young pieces there. The rumor going around is that they want to take James Wiseman. Even though James Wiseman is making it, yes, projected take him number one, even though James Wiseman has made it clear that he does not want to go to Minnesota because if he goes to Minnesota, him and Carlton Towns won't play together. He'll be kind of like the backup. So, so now we've been hearing that the new projected number one pick is LaMelo Ball. Never lost, never you, lost. You know, they, they've been coming out. They've been, you know, they, they did say that he did bad in the interviews, um, you know, the pre-draft interviews. If you if you see his demeanor, you could probably understand why they would say that. Okay. But when it comes to skill level, he's the most unknown, but with the most upside. 
okay? He went and played overseas and people questioned the, you know, I did, I know I did. I questioned the level of the talent he was playing overseas. Um, I questioned him going out of high school, leaving high school and not going in college and, you know, testing his game at that level. But I respect the overseas grind. I expect, I respect what he did there. Um, but it's just a lot of unknown with LaMelo. And if you're Minnesota, do you just, you know, do you take a risk? Because it's either, it's boom or bust with LaMelo, but the upside is there. He's a playmaker. He can shoot the ball and he has an instinct for the game. So what do you think Minnesota does? Well, I think they go with LaMelo. LaMelo's actually uh, a taller version of, of Lonzo. Lonzo was a special player coming out of UCLA. Uh, okay. Really, incom- really incomparable passing. He's he's starting to round out into a, a true pro uh, out of New Orleans. He's developing a little bit more of a shot. But Lamelo has uh, a much better skill set than Zoe did coming out of uh, coming out of the amateurs. I would say not necessarily college because Melo didn't go to college. But like you said, the the tools are there. He's super talented. Uh, raw potential, very, very much unknown. So there's a lot that can be done with him in terms of molding him into uh, a superstar player. And then you pair him with D-Lo and Carl uh, <laughs> Anthony Town. And uh, you might have something, you might have something uh, brewing in Minnesota, especially when the West is starting to kind of fan out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already kind of made our predictions about what Houston is going to do. Uh, Portland is still there. Denver's there. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors are going to be back in there. Utah Jazz, the Memphis Grizzlies are on the rise. So um, Minnesota's right there in the thick of things with that division, which is really tough uh, include when you include the OKC Thunder in the mix. So right. uh, you have something there at least that's, that's worth competing with. Uh, their coach is giving them a new uh, second lease on life in terms of energy. They, they like them. They like the atmosphere. They like uh, the culture that's being brought about there in Minnesota. So uh, I think LaMelo Ball fits from a basketball sense. If yeah. Wiseman is already saying, like, yo, I don't care what y'all talking about, I'm taking the Steve franchise route. Like, don't come get me because I'm not playing for y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you make the smart play. Or, like you said, what we both hoping for is that they go ahead and go come up out of that number one pick and, and shoot it over to the Bulls. You feel me? I think the 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 um, what the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to end up doing is drafting uh, James Wiseman because Minnesota has never really been smart outside of drafting Kevin Garnett. They haven't really done anything that is like a eye-opening thing, an eye-opening move. So the Timberwolves <laughs> will continue to Yo. do what they always do, a la Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn back-to-back picks. That's what I was about to say. Uh. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> you know Ricky saying? Rubio, Johnny Flynn, right? And guess who went after them? You know who went after yeah, them, bitch, don't splash, you? Splash, 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 splash. Steph Curry. So you look at that situation and you're like, yo, y'all need to get it right. But I'm under the I'm under the assumption that Minnesota feels like they have to make the playoffs like this year. Why? I mean, they don't make the playoffs. They they have this team, they got Carl Anthony Towns. This they didn't have these players leave, there for though. so long. This game's gonna leave. I mean, I mean, or you know the rumblings, even though it's far-fetched, it's hella far-fetched to me, but the rumblings of, you know, Devin Booker honestly does not want to be in Phoenix. I mean, for obvious reasons, uh-huh. they're not winning. They're not winning, right? <laughs> they're not winning. Um, if I'm Phoenix, I'm definitely, I'm definitely like not pulling the trigger during a trade for Devin Booker. Like, I'm not. But if he doesn't want to be there and it looks like 
the moment that he can get a chance to leave, he's going to leave. Then, if Phoenix feels strongly about it, I mean, you never know what could happen on, on draft night. I mean, you that sounds that sounded that sounded believable before tonight, uh, because we both got the notification to our phone right before we came on the air, where mm-hmm. it said that the Phoenix Suns are showing interest in discussing a trade with OKC for acquiring Chris Paul. So if I'm Devin mm. Booker and I get to play with Chris Paul, <laughs> that might just I ain't going nowhere. my mind I ain't going nowhere. around. Because Chris Paul going to have him and DeAndre Aiden eating. Eating. Eating, eating it. good and, food. And, and, if they able to, and if they're able to keep Kelly Oubre in the mix, I mean, you got a nice foundation there. You just fill it in with good bench players, good role players, and then you got something over there in Phoenix. And I would guarantee that they should make the playoffs with that roster if they're able to pull that off. So um, that's a tough division, yeah, though, bro. I mean, that, you're talking yeah, Lakers, that, Clippers, Warriors, Suns, Kings yeah. are the only ones that are on the outside looking in, and they're pretty competitive too. Yeah, but you never count out a player like Chris Paul and you pair him with somebody as explosive as Devin Booker. Yeah. You don't, like, we you have the, to We you have the Thunder to out when he was there. And look what he did with exactly. that. Exactly. You have to assume that. So, um, I mean, this is the best time of the year, bro. We get to hear all the speculation. But that story coming out lets you know that the Suns are trying to make something happen to keep Devin Booker there. In For, sure. So, For sure. Um, we'll, ch- we'll check the post on that. Now, the Warriors sit at number two. Reports are they want James Wiseman. They do want James Wiseman. They, if he's there, they're going to take him. My question is, does that help them for next year? And do you believe that they're actually going to draft somebody with that number two pick and not trade it? I think they're going to draft him. Um, they, they know their success. Bob Myers knows their success from building through the draft. It wasn't big-time free agent signings or uh, one-year minimums and then player options or things of that nature to kind of, like, essentially buy a championship. Steph Curry was drafted. Klay Thompson was drafted. Uh, Draymond Green was drafted. These are the cornerstones of your franchise. So I think that they can kind of repeat history. Uh, that's, their, that's their mentality and their culture. Once you draft a player who has the phenomenal skill set, you bring them in and you, you know, teach them the warrior way, I guess, if you will. And, and, and there's, it's obviously been infectious. Like, everybody goes there, loves playing there. There's never been a quote-unquote disgruntled player uh, that left the Warriors. Most of the time, they either retire out or they, they have a better situation on the other side money-wise. But beyond that, I think everybody that plays in Golden State loves playing in Golden State and being in Golden State. So I think they take Wiseman, and I think that it uh, it breeds a lot of success for them. All right. Um, two ways that they can go with that, with this pick. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, if they pick Wiseman, it wouldn't be bad. Reason being, we just watched the Lakers win a championship this year. That team was huge. Everybody just limp all yeah. over the floor, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they kind of, they didn't, they didn't like in like the three ball stuff because that's still there. But they did show that you can hit threes and you should be able to go to the post, to your big man. And you do need a big man to kind of like maneuver around the post, block shots, you know, uh, just have a security blanket there. So with the Warriors right now, they don't have that. They don't have any type of size. Uh, Draymond Green sitting at 6'7", 
not gonna get it done. That's just not, that's not his natural role. Um, they played him in the deaf lineup at the five because at the time that bench was amazing over there in Golden State. That won't happen. You just can't start him at the five at the beginning of the year and think that everything is gonna be roses. So you take Wiseman there, it gives you some stability at the center possession, um, position. And you know that the way that the, the Warriors play with space and pace and moving the ball and setting screens that James Wiseman will over time will find his way there right and carve out his own role with that team it gives them a nice nice wrinkle there but i'm out of the i'm at the assumption that the warriors want to win now and if they want to win now i think that their best chance is to trade that pick uh now who should they trade it for leads me into the next topic we're going to talk about the pelicans are shopping drew holiday okay uh I think that Drew Holiday is a perfect match for any team that wants him. Any team. He's the ultimate pro. He comes in. He does. He's going to guard your best player. He's going to play great basketball as far as from the point guard position or even the shooting guard position. And he doesn't need the ball to necessarily be effective. Uh, if you're the Warriors, you may look at trading that number two pick to the Pelicans and getting something in return back, which is Drew Holiday and maybe another player. And then you're able to start building out your bench and and make another run at it. So uh, that's what I'm looking at with the Warriors. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, for Drew Holiday, who's how a, you feeling about Drew? For who's a phenomenal player, um, borderline All Star year in year out, consummate teammate. Um, I'd like to see him get with one of these younger guys. Unless he, I think you get him in a room and then you ask him, you know, what are you looking for? Are you are you looking for a championship, or are you, you know, are you are you content with how your career has been? Because he's made a lot of money, a lot of money. Oh yeah. Oh, if yeah. Rondo goes to the Clippers, I want to see Drew Holiday go to the Lakers. I think that that's a perfect fit. Um, I'd also like to see him maybe go out to Portland and give them a three guard setup. So that Dane Lillard can get a little bit more off-ball action, um, and that's only going to do you know wonders for for him scoring-wise. But it frees him up. It frees up CJ in terms of expanding so much energy with pounding the pounding the hell out of the ball, um, and you know, and it gives them another threat on the court where you got to keep it, it keeps other teams honest. You know what I'm saying? Because Drew Holiday can get hot. He can shoot. He can penetrate. Uh, he's a floor general. And uh, I think he's a great chemistry uh, player at a high level. Another fit I think would be great for him would be Indiana. Uh, pairing him with Oladipo, that might do um, do something for keeping Oladipo actually in Indiana, keeping him staying pat. Or, 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 or maybe we can finally break up this duo that we were talking about in Washington. Put something together, oh, maybe man. send Drew Holiday. I hope they don't do that. Jackson Hayes a pick or two or whatever up to Washington for John Wall. Send John Wall out to the West, pair Bradley Beal and Drew Holiday together, see if that can kind of shake things up, get a little bit more success on both ends. Mm. Those are just the well, three teams that come to mind off the bat. Yeah, those are some interesting things you say there. Um, I think that Drew Holiday, I just believe that the best places for him to end up, number one, the number one place for him to end up is the Brooklyn Nets. It just works. It just works there. They need a guard who's going to get people the ball. I love Kyrie, but that's not, he's not, that's not his game. His game is guard. not set. He's yeah. His, 
This game is not setting anybody up to get buckets. Uh, KD, that's not really his game either. They both get buckets. They're going to need somebody there who's not focused on getting theirs all the time. That's going to make sure that, you know, um, the offense is running. You got Steve Nash there. You got Mike D'Antoni. Bring Drew Holiday in there and let him run that offense and allow Kyrie and KD to go ahead and do their thing. So I think that that's the perfect fit for him. And then the second one would be the Warriors. <clears throat> let Clay and let Steph run around, shoot threes. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Steph is not the best defender, so you could throw your best perimeter defender, which would be Drew Holiday, on any point guard and let him just, you know, shut them down. And then you just run, you just run like that. Yo, and this, you could, worries, yo. It, yo, it's crazy, right? And you, but with Drew Holiday, like I could literally name every team and tell you how he could plug into that team and work amazing. It's just, a, it just goes to the professional that he is and the way that his game is. It's, it's a, it's a very nice game, a smooth game. And it's more so what he does on the defensive end of the basketball um, court that people praise and they, and they really love. So. Uh, we'll see what happens with Drew. Uh, let's talk about some other, some other things that's probably going on. Rumors, spicy yeah. talk, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So, uh, back to the draft. Uh, the Knicks eyeing Obi Toppin at number eight. Get the fuck out of here. He's not going to be mean, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's sliding back there, in New York. So you might have to trade up to get him. But, but you never know with this draft, man. It's all based on needs, like right. So they looking, they're looking at that iron over the top and at eight. But on top of that, the Knicks are interested in possibly trading for Russell Westbrook. Put the Clippers on that list too. So if he's available, if he's available, they're looking for trading for him. I um, told you that last week. Rap- you did. You did say the Knicks. I mean, I mean, it would be bad for Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, but it would be a great fit fashion-wise in New York and, and all that stuff. You'll be able to attend fashion week. He'll be able to, sell sell be able to get all that off. Why not? But he's going to be doing a He's going to be doing a Yeah, he's going to be Why not? Yeah. Why not? They're not going to win anything. You know what I'm saying? He might as well go into fashion out there. But I would ask you, out of the Clippers and the Knicks, what would be, what, who would you rather see him with? The Knicks, because then he's going to try to get his triple-double <laughs> campaign again because, you know, Thibodeau's not going to take him out of the game at all. <laughs> you want to know my answer? <laughs> you going to say the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks, though. You going to say the Knicks, <laughs> remember bro. When Katie, remember when KD left? Remember when KD left the uh, the Thunder? KD left the Thunder, and the first thing that people said, first of all, they was like, wow, he went to the Warriors. But the second thing that everybody said was, oh, shit. This boy, Russell Westbrook, is going to average a 40-point triple-double every night. Every night. And he came out and literally was doing it every night. And as much as I was like, that's not winning basketball, in my opinion. It's not. And But to see him do it and go for it every night was amazing. And he's going to do the same exact thing if he goes to the Knicks. You put him with that Clippers team... He gonna have to tone that down. He gonna tone a lot of that stuff down, like the the uh, the crazy shots, you know the you know some of the stuff that he does that doesn't necessarily translate, you know to to wins. He's gonna have to calm down. But if you go to New York, man, let it let it fly. That's his speed anyway. Do whatever That's you want, Brody. Anyway. Go ahead, Brody. Go go crazy, and that is his speed. So if they're gonna trade, go ahead, New York. Let's do something. Spice it up. So let me get into some more talk. 
the West, some Western Conference teams interesting, interested in trading for Spencer Dinwiddie out of Brooklyn. Um, how do you feel that his game would translate to the Western Conference? Uh, I've never been scared of Spencer Dinwiddie, like ever. I think he's a, I think he's a nice player. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's, I think he's much more talk than he is walk. To be honest, um, it's That's easy, to, it's easy to kind of be the star player on Brooklyn when everybody else is injured, everybody's out. But Spencer Dinwiddie, he's, a, he's cool, he's cool, he's skilled. But I've never been afraid of him. I never thought that he was going to be a quintessential piece for Brooklyn to kind of get over the top or get any type of success for that matter. Um, I see him as a bench player, like a six-man at best. I don't really see anything higher than that for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The play I did um, want to ask you about, though, uh, mm-hmm. when you talk about who might be a good fit in Brooklyn, Steven Adams. Um, You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say no. I'm gonna just say no, flat out. What about uh, what about Steven Adams in Miami? That would make sense. And the reason why I say no to Brooklyn, Chris, is just I mean, you're gonna have Steven Adams and DeAndre Jordan on the same team. DeAndre and, Jordan and is Pop- washed. Why do y'all keep bringing up DeAndre Jordan, bro? He's out of here. Because they do the, because they do the, because, because they do the same thing. DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> they do the same thing. De- honestly, DeAndre Jordan is going to help that Nets team more than you know. because Not because DeAndre of his scoring. Jordan. Don't get me wrong. Stop. Don't get me wrong. Do you do you ever look... Hold on. Do you ever look at... Do you ever look at Steven Adams and be like, yo, you could pencil him in for a dub tonight? Man, hell I no. Think he, I think he's not you being... Don't do I, think, I, I don't think he's being, being used the best. I Chris, think he could be a monster. Out of all the big men Chris, in the league, I think... I think Steven Adams is a championship center. I've always felt that. Chris, Chris, he could be on a championship team as a center, but eventually, dog, you can't even really play him with do this skill set. And based on how the game is going now, that's all I'm saying. Like, Steven Adams cannot shoot the ball. You just he said the Warriors the are missing a big man. That's that one big man away from the championship. And then you turn around and say, the game isn't trending that way. What's up? Because James, because James Wiseman is a good pick for them because James Wiseman can shoot the ball. James Wiseman's skill set is way better than Stephen Adams' skill set. But when ceiling. I said they should Stephen go out and be, you Stephen said no way. You said don't do it. Who? You. Who should go out and be? Who should go? The Warriors. Who, who should? No, I don't believe you said the Warriors should go out and be. I don't believe you said that. I think you told me that Houston should go out there and be. I, I was said like, Houston yeah. and Golden State, and you said no. I was no like, way. hell, hell no, no. Hell no to Houston. If 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 the Warriors pulled off Embiid, I would be pissed. I mean, it's no need to watch basketball. It pencil them in for a championship. I mean, it's never gonna happen. Uh, that's just a what if, though. Yeah, that's just you know, that's a wish. That's like a wish list thing. But back to Stephen Adams. I don't look at him as some player that you're gonna go to. Like, yo, we need a bucket. Let's go to Stephen Adams. Man, hell no. And then, like DeAndre Jordan blocks more. Is gonna block more shots than Stephen Adams. Stop talking to me about DeAndre and Jordan. I know, act- I know, and, I know, I know, I know why you're bringing him up. I know, I know why you're bringing him up. I know why you're bringing him up. Y'all keep saying why? I look like why? DeAndre Jordan, and that's cool. That's funny. But stop bringing up DeAndre Jordan <laughs> bro, to me, bro. He's bro, done. I mean, one, one. He's <laughs> done. He's over with, bro. One. One, one, you do like DeAndre Jordan. Second, <laughs> second, second. I don't, like, you have to really, like, look at how the Brooklyn Nets were constructing that team and how they went about approaching last year. 
Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan would seem like they were doing everything possible under the sun to not play. And that was for a reason. I just believed that they weren't going to put all the chips in the pot knowing that KD wasn't going to be back. And you have to look at what DeAndre Jordan, his body of work, no matter if you think he's washed or not, every time he steps out on the court, he's going to give you 10 to 15 rebounds a night. And he's going to block about two shots a night. And that's just something that's been consistent with him. And if you can get a guard there, well, you got Kyrie there. But if you get another guard that knows how to make plays, you already know. Look what Chris Paul was doing with him at Lob City. He's still being, he can still jump and catch lobs. That I mean, come on now. If you if you looking at Dwight Howard and what he did this year, there's no reason. He didn't do shit. Yo, enough, enough, enough. No, no, enough. no. I mean, enough. I'm he, done. Dwight Howard, <laughs> D, Dwight Howard did enough, did enough to, to win a championship. And I'm saying DeAndre Jordan can do enough with KD and, and Kyrie to do enough to stay on that floor and win. That's all I'm saying. They don't need a Steven Adams. But let's go to let's go to the last spicy talk, the last rumor that's out there. The Lakers. They're gonna be active in free agency. And the name that keeps coming up on the list that they're gonna go and pursue in free agency. Serge Ibaka. To this day! Mm, baby, baby. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, so you plug in Ibaka to take over the Morris Twins minutes or the Morris Twins production? Uh, I'm going to tell you this. They get Serge Ibaka. That opens up another layer to that offense. They got to keep Rondo. Why. They got to well, get me, Rondo me, back. If let, they lose let, Rondo, that's that's a huge blow to the team. Well, well like it's underrated, it, but it's huge. You're right. You're right. So, this is why I believe the Lakers will keep Rondo. This is just why I believe it. It's such a short turnaround between the end of last season and this year that I just think Rondo is like, Leah, let's try it again. Let's just run it back, right? Because you're going to have to get chemistry with whatever team you go sign up with instantly. Like, that, that's going to have to come quickly. But if you want a championship with this team and this team is going to pay you, then you stay, right? Now, imagine Rondo and then you bring in Serge Ibaka. And the reason why I'm talking about Serge Ibaka uh, like opens up another layer is for these reasons. Serge Ibaka is a knockdown shooter from the three. He shot 38% this year from the three. And he's about a career 38% you know, three-point shooter. He's not a player that needs to stay in the post that needs to get touches in the post. Serge Ibaka can work on a pick and roll and pop for fit from 15 to 17 feet. He can spot up and shoot from the three. He's going to block shots. That's what you're going to do. He was so instrumental, and we talked about him a couple of times, with Toronto coming off that bench, right? He accepted a bench roll with Toronto and came off in a, in a bench for Toronto in the postseason and played big for them all postseason. You add him to that you know, to that team, and you have a front court of when you're playing Anthony Davis and Serge Ibaka and LeBron James and possibly Rondo on the floor at the same time, and you could plug in whoever you want at the two. That's scary, man. That's scary. I think that that's a great pickup for them. I think that that's, I mean, you know, free agents are very, you know, there's not a lot of blockbuster names in this free agent class, but there's some solid ones. And Serge Ibaka is one of the names that's solid. Of course, you know, the Clippers are going to be looking at him too. Um, you know, I was thinking about the other point, day. I don't think he takes the more. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the other day. Uh, so another free agent. 
possibly. Gordon Hayward said he wants out of Boston. We talked about it a, bit, a little bit last week. And the team that seemed to be lining up money-wise and culture-wise for him was the Atlanta Hawks uh, and trying to build something alongside Trey Young, uh, Cam Reddish. So if they pull the trigger on a Gordon Hayward and then possibly secure an Ibaka down in Atlanta, that would be something that I would pay to see as well. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be a bad look. That wouldn't be a bad look at all. Um, I think that some of these pros are now at a point where uh, they are not necessarily chasing championships, but they want to be around an environment where they can win and, and be in a running to win a championship. Uh, players like, you know, Ibaka, players like Danilo Gallinari, who said that he's prioritizing winning over money this time. Uh, you even see it with Melo. I mean, he just wants to be in the league, but Melo wants to win. Um, they're talking about the Knicks want to bring him back. So, we, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I can't wait, man. As the days keep going by, we're going to get more free agency to talk. We're going to get more talk about what's going to happen with the draft. We'll get into that next week as far as players that, you know, could be sleepers in this draft. Um, I have a couple that um, I think will make an instant impact in the NBA uh, from day one. So I can't wait to, I can't wait, man. November 18th, I mean, how long? What will be eight, eight days away. Damn right. Let's get off into these quick hits before we move into the sneaker rundown, man. Free agency is going to be going galactic, so we're going to keep in tune with that. Tony La Russa, newly crowned manager of the Chicago White Sox, is in some heat. Uh, more details are coming about coming out after his DUI arrest back in February. Uh, apparently, he had a run-in with the officer, and the, <laughs> the conversation went... It went a little bit something like this. Quoted, uh, White Sox manager said, do you see my ring? I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but this is what he told the officer when he was arrested back in February. So we stand on top of the details on that. Uh, La Russa apparently ran his car into a curb back in February. Uh, some said it was the day after he had gotten hired by the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox organization has already come out and said they will not be uh, punishing Larusa in any way. Uh, they're going to let the case play out. Yeah, um, I don't even know why the Sox even hired Tony Larusa. He's like 80 years old. Yeah. Dude has been on on you know he's made some remarks in the past that I just not I'm not with. Yeah. Um, and then here we go again with this stuff. Like, I don't get it. Like, there was so many different managers that they could have picked from, and they quickly picked Tony Villarusa. It's It scratches my head. I don't know how he's going to vibe with players like Tim Anderson. I just don't – I don't know. I don't know. So, um, yeah, whatever. Marcus Stroman, uh, free agent ace, also came out and ripped the White Sox. For the Tony Larusa hire, he said there's no amount of money in the world that could – get him to play for the White Sox after they hire this clown. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I don't understand it. I the, don't. the Boston Red Sox, they brought back manager Alex Cora after the sign-stealing controversy um, in their World Series win back in 2018. He was quoted as saying he deserved uh, the vitriol and the suspension for sign-stealing and was humbled by the whole situation and the opportunity to return uh, to the Red Sox organization, so okay. I didn't watch a lick of baseball this season. So I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody cheats in baseball. The still silent, the, the still signing thing was kind of nasty. Yeah. Um, 
but the Houston Astros almost went to the World Series again. So I mean, whatever. When you see stuff like that, it's not a, it's not a surprise that Alex Cora was gonna get a job, and he did win with the Red Sox, and they they're in the business of winning. So. And then Smart. also of note, uh, Justin Turner, uh, story spread that he had caught COVID-19, or he's COVID-19, he was coronavirus positive, uh, but still returned to the field to celebrate with the LA Dodgers in their World Series victory, uh, was seen on multiple cameras and camera angles, not wearing his mask, uh, high-fiving players, hugging players, things of that nature. The MLB has come out and said that they will not punish Justin Turner in any fashion moving forward so um the crazy thing about the crazy thing about it is the crazy thing about that is and i won't speak anymore about it it's just it's just uh the hypocrisy that goes on in baseball but just in these bureaucratic aristocratic sports as it is money is the answer to everything justin turner was the player rep for the mlb's player association so if anybody knew better he was the one to know better. He's the equivalent of uh, Chris Paul in the NBA as the as the NBA PA's uh, the MBPA's representative. So it just it just blows my mind that that you know shit like that continues to happen in sports when they try to preach this positive message to kids and they try to put this image out on television. Meanwhile, they're cutting corners and using backdoor loopholes at every chance they get just to keep that money train going. Yeah, baseball's funny. MLB is funny, you know. Um, you know, they're just leading by example. That's all. <laughs> they're just leading by example. Uh, that's that's the best way I could put it with the MLB. Um, when it comes to this the, this corona stuff and, you know, what can you actually do to somebody, right? You can advise them to not be around and this, that, and the third. But if, the own, if their own, if the Dodgers didn't care about it, I was done caring about it once the, the team didn't care about it. If y'all don't care about y'all health and possibly catching corona and, you know, spread it to your families, then why should I care? That's how I looked at that situation. Shout out to Devin Haney, uh, lightweight heavyweight champ, or lightweight champ. Uh, he got a unanimous decision in his victory over the weekend over Yurio Chris Gamboa. Uh, another defense, another easy title defense for Devin Haney. And his WBC yeah, championship. I know that's your guy. I know you like him a lot, bro. Yeah, man. They're gonna have to give him that fight soon. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, keep to get, put him on pay-per-view. Stay in tune. He got, the, he got hands. The December 5th fight between top lightweight prospect Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell was postponed. Uh new date to come shortly as Campbell tested positive for COVID-19. Uh we got we got a few more of these stories, man. It's it's it's, it's, it's crazy. Shout out to Mr. Shout out to Mr. Big Shot, the MVP, Chauncey Billups. He officially signed on as part of the coaching staff for Ty Lue, along with Larry Drew, uh, according to Woj. They announced that they'll be finalizing their deals as assistant coaches on Ty Lue's staff with the LA Clippers. So big shout out to Chauncey. I know he's been trying to get back to the game, get back into it. Uh, We're going to see him as a head coach one day, but... Very good brother, yeah. man. I've had the chance to work with Chauncey over the past few years. I love working with Chauncey. He's the mayor of Denver. Whenever he goes back, he always gets love. And it's it's a it's a dual uh <laughs> it's a dual membership in Detroit. He's the mayor of Detroit, he's the mayor of uh, uh, Denver. So shout out to Mr. Big Shot on that move. Yeah, sir. Um great hire. Um he's gonna do well. I'm not 
somebody like Chauncey Billups, you're not really worried about when it comes to basketball and being professional. Nah, not at all. He's, he's no class personified. So congratulations to him. That's going to do it for the bands for the week, man. Again, make sure y'all check us out in the mailbag. Mailbag Hit music. us up. Let us know what Yo. y'all thinking, what y'all feeling. <laughs> what up? Yo, Chris. Yo. Before, we keep, before you continue, uh-huh. I have to ask you this question. It's a, it, It's probably the last note. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Pistons Isaiah Thomas. Okay, Isaiah NBA, Hall of, NBA Hall of Famer. Straight up. I just want to ask your thoughts really quick on this. Um, He was on a, uh, he was on a podcast. And they told him to name his rank, his top five competitors in yeah, order. Yeah. Do you, I don't, did you see this at all? I heard about it. I heard a little bit about it. Shout out do to you know what he? <laughs> do you know where he ranked Michael Jordan? He didn't, I don't think, right? He put Michael Jordan in his fifth toughest <laughs> opponent. <laughs> now. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, I, I mean, it. you gotta love, you gotta love the shade, right? You gotta love the shade. The rivalry is real. We're not, real. we're not friends. It's real. That's he, nine. That's the nineties, boy. I, nah, fuck him. He it's took me. that personally. He, he took that yeah, personally. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. And, and quote unquote, quote unquote, head to head, I was dominant over him. He just wasn't my competition. My focus was Bird, Magic, Doctor J, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yee, that's spicy talk. Like I wish he's not, wrong. He not that, wrong though. Set it up. They go, Isaiah, go get your five. Mike, go get y'all five. Put it on pay-per-view. I'm paying for it. Let's get it on. Let's, he's not wrong. Let's get, let's, let's put that there. He's not wrong. He, as far as record-wise against Michael Jordan, he dominated, he dominated Mike. Straight up. He got the best winning possession, uh, like over, uh, out of all those superstars, he got the best winning percentage. So what he's saying is facts, but Michael Jordan being your top five hardest opponent to go after. Yeah, that's kind of fair. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't. All right, stop capping, bro. Stop capping. Like, come on, dog. Jordan rules. Remember that. There was there were Jordan rules, so don't do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's it's kind of funny to keep to see the rivalry continue to happen. And I know he's still tight about the uh documentary and how he was portrayed. So yeah. but number five, Chris? Hey man, he's not wrong, but at the same time, hey. <laughs> he ain't wrong, but he wrong. Yeah, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't wrong, but you wrong, ain't dog. No Come other, on, man. ain't no Stop other it. way to put it, man. Let's get off into the I rundown. It, Let's do it. Let's do it. Big week for sneakers, yo. Mhm. Let's get you off into it. Let's do it. Time. So the biggest story of the week before we get to the rundown. The North Face parent group, VF Corp, they acquired the street brand Juggernaut Supreme in a major move this week. $2.8 billion. Billion dollars. Yeah. Um, Supreme got that bag. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, the the group that owns, you know, North Face, Timberland, and things of that nature, uh, they did come out and say that they're just taking a hand... They, their approach is very hands-off with Supreme. They're going to allow them to keep moving however they they're moving. And yeah, they're just going to be able to help them in whichever, whatever they need as far as production and things of that nature. So um, when I first read it, I was like, oh, damn. 
Supreme about to go commercial. <laughs> but, but they said they're not doing that. And so um, good for them, man. They were able to start strike up a partnership to help them, you know, get product out and, you know, promotion and all that good stuff. On fire, on they fire. Bag, Congratulations to Supreme. Congratulations to the partnership with the VF Group. Hype, <laughs> hype culture just got a little bit more mainstream, so keep an eye out on that, man. Yeah, I, know they, I know the hype beats ain't happy about that. Uh, <laughs> let's get off into the rundown, man. So we're recording this on Tuesday night, November 10th. As of today, the Nike SB Dunk Low veneer colorway dropped. It was on the sneakers app for a short time. Same time. The Nike Adapt BB 2.0 white cement also dropped. The veneers were 100 bucks. The Adapt 2.0 was 350. These are the self-lacing nice. joints. This colorway is not bad. Yeah, I'm rocking with it. Tomorrow, November 11th, the Nike Air Presto's coming out in a couple cool colorways, uh, as well as a few Air Force Ones on the pack. November 12th. November 12th is a big day. Make sure you got your money mm-hmm. together. The Air Jordan what 5. The? What the? F- what the? They're coming out 9 a.m. on the sneakers are clean. out. These are clean. Nasty. These are so clean. Uh, I don't, the, like, two, like, when you think of one shoe being yellow, one shoe being red, you're like, yo, that's too much. And, you know, you walk around with the oh, the arches on your feet. Yeah. No, nah, when I've seen people, ba, ba, I've seen ba, people ba. dress these up, <laughs> I've seen people dress these up, and they they just look they look fire, man. Definitely a cop. Yeah, sir. Quick note: eleven eleven SP Dunk Day, the Atmos and Nike Dunk collab. That's the um, elephant colorway. You had to get in on raffles. I've been on them all day long, man. I, since I got off the flight, I've been trying to get raffles on these. So we'll see if I hit something. I was on concept. Uh, they have one going at um, Kiff as well. So we'll see mm-hmm. what's up. I need these in my life, brother. Good luck, buddy. Hope it works out for you. Man, hit pick of the week for the kid. Just letting y'all know up yeah. front, don't call me tomorrow at all. I'm locked into my <laughs> phone. The Nike Sakai Vapor Waffle. Royal Fuchsia in the black and white, super nasty. This is probably gonna be yeah. in nominations for sure of the year. 180 bucks a piece. You can catch them on the sneakers app or a few other raffles. They had one at Kiss, they had one at Concept, they had one at In Clothes, and I was all over these. I gotta get a pair. I gotta have them. Yeah, man. I hope I uh, come up tomorrow. So Which ones you looking at? I think the black and white oh, black was more speed. Yeah, black and gray for sure. Black and white with the gray. Yeah, that's right up my alley so hopefully um hopefully i get a bit of luck tomorrow we'll see what happens finishing out the week 11 12 uh bbc they did a collab pack with the reebok question uh low version they got three different colorways popping up uh adidas is coming out with some campus prince collabs for their superstar shoe Comte Garcon, Air Force One collaboration, Friday the 13th. They got a black one, they got a white one, they got some fire ones. Make sure y'all check them out. Same day, Friday the 13th, LeBron 18, the Los Angeles by night, 200 bones. These are not bad. These are not bad yeah, at fire. all. Mm-hmm. The 18, like, 
to I have to see more colorways. It's always like that with the LeBrons. The first colorways, you be like, ah, these shoes look kind of ugly. Then they start dropping different colorways. And yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, these shoes are pretty tight. So I like those. I yeah, like the I like zone these. freaks. I would never buy a pair of LeBrons in my life. You got me fucked up if you think I would. But I still throw in props. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you, bro. I got a couple pair. I'm going to rock out with the bro. Y'all hit us up. Let us know what y'all rocking this weekend. What kind of, what, the, what shoes y'all looking forward to before the end of the year? You know they did a flash drop on the 11s. Yeah, on the, uh, they did a, a flash drop on the 11s, and they also did them on the uh, the ones, the Jordan ones. Uh, yeah, the, the Walkers came back, right? Uh, no, it was the the co-ops. The oh yeah, Navy. the co-op JP. Yeah, 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 yeah. One hundred seventy dollars. It's supposed to originally uh-huh. dropped on the fourteenth on Saturday, but they surprised y'all with them. They did. They it was like sneakers. It was like members only. You got to invite and you were able to get them. But you know, I know I know a couple of people that got copped a pair. So, but those are nasty too. Make sure y'all hit us up in the mailbag. Hit us up on the Instagram. Let us know what y'all rocking, what, what y'all heat looking like, what y'all closet's looking like. I don't know if y'all can mess with my closet, but we're going to see I'm down for the competition. Talk that talk. Yeah, man. <laughs> Speaking of competition, before we move off into the game show, we want to send a special condolences to Alex Trebek. He passed away this week, uh, lost his battle with cancer. A true staple in American households. Jeopardy, if you ever hear that song, you already know what's up. Yeah. And he is synonymous with the show. You can't think about Jeopardy without thinking about Alex Trebek. So salute, rest in power. Uh, he was a true joy to come Absolutely. to the TV screen and he will be sorely missed, man. Yeah, man. I mean, just your my fondest memories of like growing up, you know, as a kid and sitting around and watching Jeopardy with your parents and, you know, hearing a song. And I think everybody, Said at one point in time, man, if I win Jeopardy, I kill it. I kill it, boy. I wreck shopping, right? Bitch. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. Shout out to Alex Trebek, a true pioneer um, in his field, and you know he'll be sorely missed. And I don't even know how, how Jeopardy would even like how it's even gonna be the same without him. Um, but yeah, I think he taped over eight, what eight thousand episodes. It's crazy, right? So, yeah, shout out Alex Trebek, man. Let's do it like this then for the game show. It's only right that we come in this way, paying homage to the big dog Alex right. Trebek. This one, right. man, I, I, right I, I think right you can. Too. I think you can get it. I think you can get it. I got it's cheated tough. last week, bro. It's t- I cheated I, last week. I got cheated last week, bro. <laughs> 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 y'all, let me know if y'all think Mo got cheated last week. Hit us up in the mailbag, let us know what's up. But let's get to it. You ready, big dog? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so check it out. In the entire history of the NBA, there's only been three times where two players shared the Rookie of the Year award for their respective year. The first time it ever happened was in 1971 with Dave Cohen and Jeff Petrie <laughs> in 1971. Your question... Nah. Uh, Your question. I need you to name me the other two pairs. I need you to name me the other two pairs of players. Oh, it's two more pairs? There's two pairs. There's two pairs. It's only happened three times in the league. I need Ah, the two pairs of players that have won shared rookie of the year. You have 30 seconds, and your time starts now. Okay. 
so I know for a fact that Jason Kidd and Grant Hill did it. I want to say in 1996. I don't got the. Right, it might not be the right year. I think it may. Be I don't like need the year. You're good that. though. I'll give you that. Boom. So you got one. So I got Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. That's right. In the co-rookie of the year. That's right. Bro, I'm not. Ten seconds, lie bro. To you. I don't know who else won co-rookie of the year other than that. I thought that was the only time that happened and the second time it happened. Maybe that was a trick. Is that a trick question, bro? It's not a trick question. Ten seconds. My ten seconds is up, bro. You could even, you could, you could just ant me now. I don't know who the second <laughs> pair is, bro. <laughs> you can get this, though. This is not that bad. Because the only thing I would say is Trey Young and Luka Doncic, but that definitely didn't happen. Who the hell? Who the hell? Who the hell was cold rookie of the year? Jason Kidd of the Dallas Mavericks and Grant Hill of the Detroit Pistons were named co-winners of the 1994-1995 uh-huh. NBA Rookie of the Year award on May 17th, 1995. Yeah, I just told you that. The only other time, again, was the aforementioned Dave Coins and Jeff Petrie in 1971. Uh huh. And in 2000. Elton Brand and Steve Francis shared co-rookie. Bro, hell no. Hell no. Elton Brand and Steve Francis co-rookie of the year? That's right. Elton Brand was drafted number one. Steve Francis was drafted number three in the 2000 draft, bro. Dog, you got to be kidding me, bro. No. I'm sorry, the 99 draft, not 2000. The 99 draft. Steve Francis and Elton Brand. Share rookie of the year for that year, bro. I let me tell you this I consider myself somebody who's watched a lot of basketball who can remember a lot of stuff, straight up, bro. I'm gonna have to go do my research after this show. Y'all do y'all research too, and let me let me know if he's coming up with some full gazy. Come on, of dog! Year. I ain't gotta cheat you to beat you. Elton Brand, play, no, you don't, you don't, you don't gotta cheat me. But I remember Elton Brand did play for the Bulls, and he did win rookie of the year. That's right. But but he didn't win it by himself. What? what? Uh-huh. Yo, this is Dama T. Pongo. When you checking in with the Hitman Damn. podcast. Shout out, 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 shout out. What's the word uh, before we get up out of here? Man, quick shout outs, man. Nothing too major. Uh, shout out to my boy, Jay. He hit uh-huh. uh, my scene today talking about... Let, uh, I gotta calm down on the Rams and the Los Angeles Rams talking crazy about Fuck them. That. Nah, them they they light, they light. Shout out to you, bro. Love you, bro. But they light. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if I'm talking about my team too, so I'm just keeping it across the board. They light just like we light. So it is what it is. All right. And then uh shout out to my uh to my brother Cam on his blessing. Yeah, um, a, a, a beautiful baby boy into the world. So uh shout out to you, bro. Um whenever you know, kid needs shooting lessons or how to play ball the right way. You know, I'm right here. You know, I'm right here. Yeah, Just, whenever you, know, you need to the get them together, you know, get them learn how to dress, learn, you know what I'm saying, give him some game because you know he ain't getting it from you <laughs> over there, big dog. You feel me? It's about <laughs> driving these fly-ass cars. It's about dealing with skis. It's like that right over there. And it's definitely about never dressing like a brother like you, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> dog your library is extensive bro it's impressive it's impressive <laughs> but yeah man them, them i come my out of a comic outs, book sometime yeah man i'm my shout outs quick ones this week right on shout out to the big dog shout out to the legend the notorious big he was officially nominated and elected into the rock and roll hall of fame this past yeah. weekend wonderful accomplishment shout out to big papa yeah that's definitely a huge accomplishment, man. Um, you're going to have haters, too, but whatever. Rock and roll was stole from us, so it is what it is. You should be in the Hall of Fame. Hey, man. Do your, we only do speak research. of facts, you feel me? And that's all we could do right now. We got a new president. We feeling good. 2020 is going to end on a high note. We appreciate y'all checking in. Make sure y'all check out that contest. It's on Instagram, the rules and regulations to follow. We giving away love. We giving away cash, cash, cash. Make sure y'all hit us up on the mailbag. Hit us up mm -hmm. with them questions. Hit us up with y'all footwork, with the pics, with the voice notes. Let us know what's going on in these streets. Man, with that being said, we're going to get up out of here. Y'all know how we're going to do it. We'll catch y'all same bad As time. Always. What? Same, same bad channel, bro. Yes, sir. With that, peace out, Boy Scout. We up out of here. Peace. Case. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to f***ing acknowledge it. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Can we go now? Center. Oh! 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 Oh!